the God of the universe. God is the God of everybody. And that is what John was referring to when he said that the one that does not love does not know God. But the confidence that you must have in the word of God from within, that deep assurance, heaven is a state of happiness which comes as a result of living a useful life. The heavenly pursuit is usefulness. The heavenly pursuit is love. The wisdom of God, it is universal. It is universal because it does not belong to a certain sect. So we've been talking about how that the Lord places his name in his people. And so the people of God, the Bible describes them as the people who are called by his name. And we know that where the Lord places his name, he places his name there so that the Lord may be sought from that place. Hallelujah. So the people of God are not just people who contain God but they must also express God. Amen. And in the expression of God, we have our unique vessels. We have our individual callings that we are supposed to discover. Hallelujah. And in our individual callings also are the special endowments that the Lord gives to us. So there are certain endowments that when pulled together, it will help you fulfill your individual calling, your individual purpose. Hallelujah. Now today, my message has to do with the need for this kind of endowment. And I want to describe the endowment in a certain way. Hallelujah. Previously, I explained that man, in order to operate for God in a certain way requires faith. And that faith is supposed to help him channel what God wants to bring forth. So the realm of faith is the realm of causes. So every man in order to actually express God requires the faith that is necessary to operate from that realm. The thinking, the mental frame that agrees with God and sees things from God's perspective and because of that becomes a conduit through which the Lord is expressed to those that need him. Hallelujah. Now, this place where faith dwells is the intermediate place in the natural mind. Remember, the natural mind is divided into three, the rational, the intermediate, and then the sensory, isn't it? Now, the intermediate place is where we draw conclusions about life and about people. Is that not the case? And it is from that place that a man acts. So as you are in this world, your actions are coming from the intermediate level, the realm of your thinking, the realm of your understanding. So even though your rational mind decides what is good, the ability to do what is good always is found in the realm of the understanding. Hallelujah. Now, being a man, your understanding is programmed initially according to the natural. So every man is programmed to act in a certain way, and in that action is seen as a natural man. So we are all programmed to act in a certain way. So if when you are living life and you meet life situations, you find that there is a certain default thinking, a certain default 
appreciation of things and a certain default method that will be springing out of you. Now, that default method is the method that all men use. It's the method that any man who has been born and raised in this world will know how to do it. Hallelujah. So the thing that will convince you that this is a dire situation. This is a situation that you cannot do anything about. This is a situation that cannot change. That's an understanding. That's a conclusion. And it is in that intermediate mind. So should you face a situation like that, there is a programming in your intermediate mind already that makes you believe that it cannot be changed. Hallelujah. Once you believe it cannot be changed, then you begin to act as one who thinks what they are facing cannot be changed. Do you understand that? So that is the realm of the intermediate and how it controls our lives. If in the intermediate you feel like, oh, there's nothing wrong, then you act as though there's nothing wrong. If you feel like you cannot do something, then you act as one who cannot do something. Do you understand that? So the intermediate initially is trained to be a natural intermediate. Hallelujah. But when a man is transformed or being transformed by God, there is another intermediate that comes from God whose aim is to hijack the previous intermediate. Do you understand that? So there's another intermediate, there's another realm of thinking that seeks to hijack the realm of thinking that you are used to. So maybe you go to the doctor, they say, maybe you are sick and what is wrong with you? Nothing can change about it. Now that is in the natural. And per what you know in the natural, what you are being told is the truth. Do you see? And once you have that, you are going to act in accordance with that understanding. But when a man yields himself or herself to God, then he's able to ascend to another realm in the intermediate. And what happens is that he's now able to see something beyond what he was seeing before. But the thing is that your understanding, you can't shake it off. Once this is your thinking, this is your understanding, you can't shake it off. But when a superior understanding comes, you now have an opportunity to think differently about what is before you. You now have an opportunity to think differently, and that opportunity comes from God. You don't force it. You find that another realm of faith, before your faith was a natural kind of faith in relation to natural knowledge, but you find that another realm of faith is open to you. Now, that realm of faith is what we are talking about because then it makes a man act in such a way that God now is able to move. So maybe this pathway is your natural thinking about life and all that you are dealing with. But that natural thing, there's another pathway above it, but it is not accessible to the man that is natural. But the man that becomes spiritual can now access it. And what happens is that God introduces another belief system. Hallelujah. And that belief system is not a belief system you learn like, what is this? What is God saying? No. By the time you are, your mind is able to see things on a different level now. And it is because something else has entered into you. You understand that? Now that is the bypass God creates to enter into the situation that you are dealing with. Now, this thing that I'm talking about is what God must touch if you are going to be able to operate in the gift, in the endowment that God gives you. When you feel you are endowed by God and you return into your natural thinking, you'll be shut from acting in such a way that God will go forth. 
So, for instance, as I'm speaking to you, I'm speaking from a certain place. If I keep speaking from there, what I'm saying will be anointed. There's a certain way I'm thinking. The moment I begin to look at you and draw my mind to the natural, and I begin to consider natural things, I retreat, I become anxious. But once I maintain the mental frame that the Lord has given me, hallelujah, once I maintain that I operate on a certain level, if I'm going to pray for somebody which is part of the expression of God's gift, it is this mental frame that I must enter into. Now, because we are in this world, we are not in that mental frame all the time. That is why we pray. That's why we fast. That's why we listen to messages because then we want to be available to enter into that mental frame when God presents it. Any man that God wants to use supernaturally, which is through his gift, God first brings the person into that mental frame. So the mental frame becomes a sign that God is going to work with you. So you know you can be gifted, but before the gift is in operation, you must know what is going on. And this mental frame of a certain level of faith concerning the movement of God in what it is that you are going to deal with is that mental frame that precedes the divine operation. Because that is the realm of causes. If then when God is trying to come to you, you keep returning to the natural thinking, you find that you are shutting God off. That is when you feel a certain impulse upon you, but right after that, you return. You feel a certain impression upon your mind. Some of you, what happens is that that impression comes upon your mind, it triggers you, and you become very natural again in your analysis of it. But Jesus explained something about making contact with this higher mind. He said that when a man makes contact with this higher mind, he should not return to the lower mind because the divine activity is not actually in the lower mind, even though the lower mind is part of the vehicle that the divine activity uses. But the reality is that the divine activity is not part of the lower mind. It is in the higher mind. So he says that when the one that is on the rooftop, that is to operate from a higher place of faith, the one that is on the rooftop, he should not think of coming down into the building. Hallelujah. And this includes doctrine. When the realm of faith pushes itself into your intermediate mind, you should not return to doctrine. Some of us are very stuck with doctrine. And we like doctrinal analysis. And we like it and we believe that everything must be confirmed with doctrine. But everything is confirmed with doctrine in the realm of the natural. In the realm of the supernatural, truth is in its own light. When faith comes to you, faith confirms itself. So if you are in the habit of returning quickly to doctrinal analysis, you leave the realm of faith anytime God pushes it into your mind. You leave that realm of faith and then you come to the realm of the natural. So you may even feel something upon you, but when you are about to act, you realize that you are in the natural. Because before you finally act, you return to analyze the thing in doctrinal levels and confirm that it is good and you act from that doctrinal level. Hallelujah. And because of that, God is not able to move. The Bible says that John the Baptist did no miracle. That's one of the things about John the Baptist. He didn't do any miracle. And in this context, the miracle has to be the supernatural flow. Do you understand that? And it is because of the nature of John and what he brought. John brought doctrine that is for repentance. Do you understand that? And in that doctrine that is for repentance, its place is in the natural mind, in the natural intermediate, the natural part of the intermediate. The doctrine has its place there. 
Do you understand that? But when Jesus comes in, he brings the miracles. And Jesus, what he brings, say he baptizes you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Say John baptizes with water. But what Jesus brings is the Holy Ghost and fire. And that introduces the higher level of the intermediate mind. That is the realm of faith. Please understand that. It is the realm of faith that the divine work is. The divine work is not in the realm of the natural part of the intermediate mind. The realm of faith is actually where the divine activity work. That is the realm of faith. And the Lord wants us to, through doctrine and through repentance and turning away from evils, come to the place of faith. In the place of faith, something shoots into your members and you know this is a new reality. If you return to the doctrine and the natural considerations to evaluate the matter, the anointing goes away. Then when you give yourself the anointing comes. Now I've changed it. I'm talking about it in terms of the anointing. So it's the same thing. When you keep your mind on that realm, the anointing is there. If you are going to act, you need to act from that realm. So for instance, somebody may be operating prophetically and in the prophetic, your mind shoots to that realm. One of the things that happens with me is that no matter when I'm walking there naturally, I don't believe that what God is showing me is true. Do you understand that? Like I don't have that faith. But before I begin to operate prophetically, that's one of the things that I look at to know that, okay, now this is how God wants to use me today. I begin to believe so strongly that anything that flashes before me and inside my mind and everything, it is actually God that is going to do it. I believe that faith comes. Once that faith comes, I'm going to operate that way. Once that faith goes, I'm back. And that faith can go normally. That's when God finishes with you. Or you can come out of it. Do you understand that? So one thing is that in the prophetic, through the faith for the prophetic, yes, you learn if you are going to prophesy according to the proportion of faith, that faith is a real feeling. So when that faith comes, now you begin to go along that direction. But what will make me think of myself that I'm going to say things that are true? I mean, do I know anything? No. But something must enter a man for the man to actually now begin to think that what he's going to see is going to be true and God is going to use it to help people. But I can shoot into the prophetic and see by faith, by the faith for the prophetic. And then after seeing, if I'm to pray for you, by the time I'm praying for you, I am back in the flesh. And that is why at times, what is seen concerning you can be true, but the action that was done concerning it will not eradicate it. Because the faith to see it is different from what the person was doing after they saw. Please understand that. So if then you can do something about it, you must still be in that wavelength of faith to be able to do something about it. Please understand that. Now this wavelength of faith, you become another man. Because before the old man is from the intermediate place. You understand that? And it's the natural old man, the way you think, you fear certain things, like everybody fears certain things, you worry about certain things, a problem makes you coil. That's every natural man, because you believe the natural things, and that is your reality. Now, when the other man is introduced, and in this case, that is anointing, then this normal, natural, regular person now begins to see things and ascend to a realm that is beyond their natural way. And because of that, before 
there was no boldness, but boldness enters this person. You understand that? So if the person knows and understands what is going on, then once boldness enters, they know that this is the time to operate. And when the boldness enters, there's not a time to begin to ask yourself, will God do it? Will God not do it? And even the Bible says that God did not give you the spirit of fear. And once you enter that realm, you have come back to the natural. Once the boldness enters, you close your eyes and you work with it. Amen. In the book of Daniel chapter 3, the Bible talks about how Nebuchadnezzar built up this golden image and he commanded everybody to worship that image. You remember that story? So some people went to Chuk, the three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and said that they are not bowing to that image. So from verse 14, the Bible says that Nebuchadnezzar speak and said unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, do not ye serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Now if ye be ready, that at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbat, psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye fall down and worship the image which I have made well. So if you do that, then well. You understand that? But if ye worship not, ye shall be cast the same hour into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. So they said our God will deliver us from what you call the punishment. But if even he does not deliver us, we will not bow. Then was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury, and the form of his visage was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore he spake and commanded that they should hit the furnace one seven times more than it was wont to be heated. And he commanded the most mighty men that were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into that burning, fiery furnace. And these men were bound in their coats, their hosen, and their hats, and their other garments, and were cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent, and the furnace exceeding hot, the flame of the fire slew those men that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So those that took them inside were slain. So the fire caught them. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound in the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished and rose up in haste and spake and said unto his counselors, did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto the king, True, O king. He answered and said, Lo, 
I see four men loose. Hallelujah. Walking in the midst of the fire. And they have no head. And the form of the fourth is like the son of God. Hallelujah. Now in this scripture, the story, we know it. How that they did not bow. And then as they were sent into the fiery furnace, the furnace did not consume them. But spiritually speaking, there is something that is being illustrated by the Lord concerning our regeneration and the transformation that comes as we go through the fire. Hallelujah. And so these three Hebrew boys represent what is involved in a similar way to Peter, James, and John, what is involved in a person's transformation. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego represents the knowledge of truth, the love for truth, and the life according to that truth. And these must come together for a man's transformation. But that transformation takes place in the fiery furnace. Hallelujah. And that is the furnace of temptation. So what we talk about concerning the turning away from evils and turning towards righteousness, giving up evils, it is so that we can come to the place where there is the introduction of the fourth man. And Nebuchadnezzar said that this fourth man is in the form of the Son of God. Hallelujah. So before they entered the fiery furnace, they were three. And because they held on to the word of God and they did not bow the golden image, they did not serve the evil that was presented before them, there was the opportunity for the fourth man to enter. Hallelujah. Now this fourth man is what I'm talking about, that another personality enters the intermediate level of your mind. And that personality is totally different from your weak, very fearful self. There is another personality that has the ability to enter the intermediate level of your mind. And this personality is strong. Where there is weakness, when this personality takes over, there is strength. Where things must consume you, when this personality takes over, the things cannot consume you. Where before you could not bring out a certain fruit, when this personality takes over, you will be able to bring out that fruit. You understand that? So in spiritual things, concerning the spiritual life, the taking over of this fourth man is very important because it is the fourth man that turns the whole event into a supernatural event. It is the fourth man that lifts the situation from the effect that natural things can produce and subdues the natural things so that the spiritual things can take over. And if God is going to operate in us, it is this fourth man that comes in. It is this higher influence that comes in. Other than that, we will not be able to produce the works of God. When we are in our natural self, we shut out God. And the things that God says are possible, we don't think it is possible. And it is not because we don't want it to be possible. It is rather because that level of the intermediate, its strength and its method of operation is coming from the senses. Its information and its understanding and the conclusion that it draws is coming from the senses. And that's what it can do. So if in the senses, this is the situation and this is the understanding, that is what it fastens itself to. So a man operating from there cannot help but to deal on the natural. And in this life, there are many things that if we deal with on the natural, it is okay. 
But when it comes to what God wants to do, a man cannot deal and stick to the information from the natural and the conclusions that he or she draws and say that I'm going to use it to serve God. A man must be willing to elevate his mind and look for faith on a realm that is superior to the way he has been operating on a daily basis. So what we do is that we move in between these two states. There is a state where we are natural, and there's a state where the fourth man comes in. And when you find that you have operated in the fourth man and you are out of it, you will discover that you thought that the way you have become is to permanently remain with you. But you that had a strong faith to do a particular work may find that now, being in the natural, that strong faith is not present. It does not mean that God is unwilling to operate in you that way. It means that for God to operate in you, that faith will have to be activated because we are in the flesh. So we do not constantly operate from the superior spiritual point of view. Please do you understand that. But if God is going to operate through you, this realm becomes necessary. That is the realm of the fourth man, where a higher man is introduced, where you, that you are here, being normal, which we all are, and we act normally, there is a higher mind that takes over your mind. And now you are able to see what is invisible so that you can do what is impossible. Hallelujah. And if you are going to operate with the gifts of God, that is the realm that you must be coming from. Otherwise, you would think that you are not gifted. It is because the realm where your gift can operate is that realm that you are also not touching. And you are not doing the thing that makes you prone to that realm. And you are not waiting on God for that realm. Hallelujah. But if you begin to appreciate this realm and begin to give yourself, because when the realm of this fourth man, which is the realm of faith, comes in, you also are aware of the realm of the natural. It is not that you are forgotten. So the realm of the natural that you are used to will be pulling you and trying to get your attention. And that is where you must, through the spirit, mortify that which the realm of the natural is bringing. The thinkings of that realm and shut it down and let this superior realm of faith that God has given to you stay with you so that you can do what God is looking for. Hallelujah. All our transformation, all our giving ourselves to regeneration, it is so that this fourth man may be introduced. Um, Talking about this fourth man in the way I'm talking about it because it's another man. And the king said that this fourth man is in the form of the son of God. And that is what we become. Through the elevation of our intermediate natural, we become people who are possessed by the son of God, by the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. That is when we are able to bring forth the works of God. They asked Jesus, what shall we do? that we may do the works of God. What was his answer? He said, the works of God is to believe. Jesus answered and said, this is the work of God, that ye believe on him whom he has sent. That ye believe on him whom he has what? Sent. And you think that, okay, to believe is to just hear doctrine and say, I agree. No. The works of God, this is the higher, because that is him who has been sent to you. This is the fourth man. And yours is to give place to this fourth man when he comes. Hallelujah. And it is in that realm of the intermediate. The Bible said that how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. 
You see, so now we want to produce that which God wants us to produce, that he went about doing good and healing all those who were oppressed of the devil. Now, it means then that when a man is in the natural and the intermediate part of the natural mind is acting naturally, he cannot do good. Hallelujah. And he cannot heal all those who are oppressed by the devil. Hallelujah. And it is because God is not with him. So how is God with a man? That is the point I'm trying to show you. Because if we are to be endowed, then that is God with us. Do you understand that? And acting through you. How is God with a man? God is with man when that realm of faith is unleashed into the mind of that man. And so long as that man holds on to that realm, that superior realm, God is with him. It is like the fetish priest that sets out to host the spirits that he serves. He dances, jumps, and does everything that corresponds to what the spirit wants so he may be possessed. And when he is possessed, in the moment that he is possessed or for the period that he is possessed, he begins to do strange things and bring about powerful things. Then when the work is done, the spirits are lifted and then he becomes a normal man. And that is the spiritual life. In the spiritual life, we also have in it the natural life. And in many things we deal with in this world, the natural life is present. Hallelujah. So we live the natural life. But God wants to, above the natural life, introduce the spiritual life. And it is all in the same place, which is the intermediate mind. But when the spiritual life is in activity, the natural life cannot be in activity because there will be contention. Hallelujah. So then you must shut down the natural thinking, natural conclusions, and natural perceptions about yourself and hold on to what God is trying to show you. So if a faith enters your heart that this is what is possible, if a faith enters your heart that say this thing, and you go down and then you begin to analyze and all that, by the time you are about to say it, there is no power. It's the realm of intuition. Is a realm of inspiration. And if you study that realm well, and you begin to give yourself to God in that realm, then you will discover that God is able to function through you. Your natural frame of mind, I can teach you for a thousand years. Your natural intermediate will never permit you for you to express yourself in your gift. It is the superior spiritual aspect of your intermediate mind. And that is what the Spirit of God comes to do. So the Spirit of God then hijacks your natural thinking and places upon it a superior thinking. That is when a man can take a step that in the natural would have been very unconventional. And if he allowed himself to sit down and to analyze, he would talk himself out of that step. But there's a conviction that the thought comes with that also makes him see that this is a right step to take. And then he will take it and it will yield a certain result. But the man without that spirit and without that anointing at another time may actually take a different step. And it is because there, there is no conviction. So it also means that before you run around and begin to do some things, you must wait for the fourth man because that is what shows that God is with you. Do you understand that? So that when you are taking a step, 
You don't say, I'm taking a step because God says we should take it. You can do that and you find that God is not with you. Not because God says that he will not be with you. God, if he's with you, must operate through you. And it means that he must hijack the various levels of your mind. Now, the first realm is the rational, which is the desire for the thing to be brought to pass. Do you understand that? The desire for good. You see, that desire can be there and you will still be subscribing to the natural thinking of the intermediate. You know, once the rational mind has that conclusion of good, you will think that we should quickly move into the realm of faith. But if you are in your thinking and your consideration of life are stuck to the natural considerations and natural perception of things, you find that there's a strong desire to cause change. But when you try to cause change, there's dryness. So it's almost like you have been sent on the fool's errand because God was not with you, even though you felt a strong desire. So there, a strong desire for change is not enough. The power for change is what you look for. And that power is in that higher realm that the Lord introduces. And because you can exist in both minds, be oscillating, it means that God can be trying very hard to introduce that realm to you. You understand that? But you are not used to. So it's as if when such considerations come about possibilities, you shut it down and return to your normal considerations of possibilities. That's what happens. But if you learn this, you find that God will be ready to use you. So when you meet an issue, what you look for is to switch. What you look for is to open your wings to see if the Spirit of God will enter. Do you understand that? Once the Spirit of God enters, then you can operate from faith. Once the Spirit of God has not entered, you can't do anything about it. When you start talking faith, and you just, no, it won't do anything. I'm sure you should have proved it in your life by now. But when the Spirit of God enters, then the step that you are going to take will be a step that will bring about the power of God and therefore the transformation that God is looking for. Hallelujah. So there are some of you that have the gift of word of knowledge, the gift of word of wisdom, so prophetic things. For that gift to work, you find that a strong faith comes, a strong faith that what you are seeing is actually true. And that faith is not an arrogance, you see. It's a faith that you can even observe your lower self and see that my lower self doesn't even catch this faith, but something is taking over and I'm going to yield to what is taking over. Now, when you yield to that, you begin to see, you begin to see, you begin to see, you begin to understand, you begin to appreciate what it is that you are seeing. But when you don't yield to it, even though that gift is there, then something else is blocking it. So we can be very prepared for God because our hearts are being turned. But we may be so used to the natural level of the intermediate mind, the natural aspect of it controlling us, that God is still shut out. And what God wants us to learn is to begin to have an appreciation of this fourth man. It's another man. Like what Samuel told Saul, that when you meet the company of prophets, you shall begin to prophesy with them, right? So you shall be turned into another man. And when you are turned into another, you will shift into another mental frame. That new mental frame is called the fourth man. When it happens like that, whatsoever your hand finds to do, do it. Because God shall be with you. Hallelujah. And if the Lord places his name, this is practically how it works. There is a calling that God gives you. There are deposits that he 
makes in you. But for him to go forth out of your temple, then the introduction of the fourth man must come in to supplant the natural. And that supplanting is very important so that the spiritual will prevail. Once the spiritual prevails in that intermediate mind, the power of God will go out of you. How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Jesus is the prototype man. So when God came to the earth, the human he took on is a good example to us that if this human will do good, something else must come upon this man. There must be the introduction of a higher spirit. He was anointed with the Holy Ghost and with power. Who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil? Man from his natural self doesn't have anything to give. But when this fourth man comes in, hallelujah. Now everybody has a fourth man. Hallelujah. And that is what you must be looking at to take over in order for you to be useful to God, in order for you to do the things that it is only God that can do with you. If your natural thinking and considerations from the senses are in charge, you will never believe that what God wants to do with you is possible. But God introduces faith. Hallelujah. God introduces faith. For instance, at times I'm preaching to you and then I feel like I want to lay hands on people, right? There's a certain faith that enters me that if I touch you, something powerful will happen to you. There are other times that that faith is not there. So if that faith is not there, even if you want me to lay hands on you, I will not. Do you understand that? Yes, because it will not do anything. But once that faith is there and I pray for you, something will happen to you. Do you understand that? That is how it works. So you also, in operating with the endowment God gives you, you must understand this fourth man, the realm of faith that God brings. You don't conjure the faith. God brings it. What you do is to exercise yourself in the spirit enough for your awareness to go up so that when God comes in in that realm of faith, you'll be able to actually perceive. Other than that, there's nothing else that you can do. If it's not there, it's not there. A man cannot conjure himself or herself into faith. It is not possible. Hallelujah. At times, when that faith comes, it comes with a sign. Do you understand that? So you can even begin to observe certain signs in your body, certain movements with you. That helps you confirm that, no, God is about to move in a certain way. But the most important and the key one, because it's not always that you have time to pay attention to searching for something, but the most important one is the faith one, because it is undeniable that another thought is supplanting your normal, natural thinking about issues. Hallelujah. So for instance, me, when you tell me about your issue and the Spirit of God has not come upon me, I give a natural response. Do you understand that? Because what else can I do? Oh, you'll be fine. God will help you. Let's see what we'll do. But when the Spirit of God comes upon me, I give a different response. Why? Because now a certain faith has been introduced into my mind. And that faith makes me see that God is able to work supernaturally in this context. Hallelujah. So you look for the sign also. You can find it at times. Something may happen with your hand. Something may happen with your ear. Something may happen with something. 
But all these things you have to study concerning your own unique vessel. Do you understand that? You have to study it concerning your own unique vessel. Because if God will use you, he must possess you. And if there are diverse callings, no matter what you think your calling is, God must possess you in order to bring a kind of result that only he can bring forth. Hallelujah. God must possess you. So in another place, this taking over of the fourth man, like I said, is called the anointing. And the Bible says something interesting about the anointing because then it shows us what we can do when this anointing comes upon us according to our unique vessel. In Isaiah chapter 10, verse 27, it says that, And it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck, and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. So what God places upon a man that he, through that man, may act, it breaks the yoke. Hallelujah. Now, a yoke is that bar in front of, they call it kondia. Like if you have cattle and you want to use them to plow, maybe there are two. So you put the yoke to keep them together so that they can go in the same direction. So there's that thing, you put it clip it together like that so that once the yoke is linked to the cattle there, the plow that is being put, the two cows will go in the same direction. So now that is the yoke. So now in this yoke that must be destroyed is the yoking of hell to another man. So a man can be yoked to hell. And that's what our problem is. Our problem is that we are yoked to hell. Our vessel is yoked to hell. This is our vessel. Then this is hell. Our vessel is yoked to hell. We are enslaved to hell. We move in the same direction as hell. Do you understand that? But when the anointing of God comes upon you, and God is going to be expressed through you, one of the major things that happens is that this yoke is broken so that the person that God uses you to bless will be able to walk free from the enslavement of hell. One way of also looking at the yoking is what hell has been able to deposit in the life of the person. So in this case, not like the person is constantly working with hell, but hell has found a way to bring something into the life of the person. And so far as that thing is in the life of the person, the person has a yoking with hell. So in order to remove that thing, that yoking is broken and now the person is set free. So the process of setting free from what hell deposits into the life of a person on any level is the breaking of the yoke. And the anointing that comes upon a man, that becomes the fourth man, the other man that you are turned into. It makes it possible to release a man from the yoke of hell, from the binding of hell to that man, from the influence of the deposit of hell. So if hell has met a man and has damaged that man, if hell has met a man and has introduced something maybe false into the mind of the man, you carrying the anointing, God will begin to direct you. God told me that when you are speaking, make sure you speak according to how I spoke to you when you are preparing. Like before, after you are spoken, I will now organize the thing into something that I find very organized. They said, no, if this thought came first and that thought followed and that consideration followed and this scripture followed, 
make sure when you are speaking to the people, you speak to them in that regard. Well, when I'm preparing, the anointing is on me. Some of you see your problem. When you are preparing, the anointing is on you. When you stand to deliver, you don't shift into the fourth man. So you are in third man. Have you been preparing to bless you when God is with you in your closet? Well, you wish the person were there with you in your closet at the time, but the people were there. Then you come and you want to preach and God is not there. It's because our problems, the honor of men, things have caught you and has kept you in the natural. You can't shift. You fear because to shift into the realm of faith is to lose control. You see, so you can't lose control. What will you say next? What will you say afterwards? Like, what I'll say next is not my problem. I'm talking. Hallelujah. Please you understand that? I'm talking. It's an interesting thing. Because some of you may well consider teaching. You say, Charlie, the thing is organized into my head like this thing. No. The, what God has taught me is there. But as I'm talking, even upon all that he has spoken to me about, I leave it to enter the fourth man. Why? Because if I just take what he told me and I bring it into the lower mind and I speak it, it will be without power. So you can receive something from God in the spirit and in your illustration of it, you be in the flesh whilst you do it. So there will not be any power. But to also operate from that level, you lose control. You are more comfortable when you are operating from the lower level of the intermediate, where the senses and things are prevailing. You are more comfortable there. But you must learn. You must learn to give up and not fear. You must learn to become nothing. Otherwise, the realm of faith cannot dominate you and bring out the results that God wants to bring out. Hallelujah. That is what the anointing will do. It breaks the yoke. And everybody has been called for anointing that breaks a certain yoke. Everybody. Hallelujah. That is your unique vessel. And that is what the Lord wants you to discover and step into. And when he's ready to call upon you, you are ready to be sent. Hallelujah. You are ready for him to operate through you. You will not stay in the lower part and begin to analyze and question and slow things down. Remember, John did not do any miracle. Hallelujah. If there's any miracle, it's going to come from the fourth man, the one whose form is like the son of God. That's what is going to happen. Now, the number four, it speaks of the joining together of love and wisdom and what comes in the aftermath. That's why the three comes before the four. Because the three speaks of the actual joining as a state. But the four speaks of the implication of the joining. Hallelujah. The implication of the joining. And that is why the city of God is four square. It does not just talk about the joining. If it's just the joining, then it's three. But the city speaks about the implication of the joining, which is the going forth of God. Hallelujah. So the city of God, the heavenly Jerusalem, in Revelation chapter 21, is four square. In Ezekiel chapter 48, talking about the city that they will inherit, the dimension from east, west, south, north, is four square. And four square speaks of the fourth man. Hallelujah. The Lord who is operational. The Lord who is operational in the life of a man. Hallelujah. And this is what we are looking for. That the Lord will touch us. He will enter us. 
concerning what we face, concerning how he wants to bless us in whatever area in our world. Like Jason, I was telling Nanama, you must go into your world, right? But when you look at yourself and your analysis in your natural, especially if you understand what it means to get results from God, something can enter you. And that's what you look for. When that thing enters you, your frame of mind is lifted. Your thinking is lifted, but you must give yourself for that thing to enter. You begin to see things as possible that before you didn't think was possible. You begin to see yourself in realms. That realm, you see visions. When I enter that realm, before I come to minister to you, I see many things happen whilst I minister to you. Do you understand that? And that is where I stay. So in your realm, you begin to see yourself do things. Some of you, God wants to give you that realm when you are awake, but you are stubborn. So he gives you some of it when you are asleep. But when you wake up, you must exercise yourself in it and use it to subdue the lower mind and be prepared that when God calls upon you in disrespect, he is going to find you. Hallelujah. Now, I would want to share with you on what will happen for you to be able to release the grace of God upon you. But I feel like it will be too much of a stretch. So in the future, do you understand that? So I want us to stay here for us to understand the need for the fourth man, that that is what we look for. Some of you know glimpses of what your calling is, but what you don't know about is the fourth man. So what you know of yourself is yourself in the natural, very, 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 very natural. And then you have added upon it the doctrine. Even though the doctrine is spiritual, you are natural. So in your analysis of it, in the natural, there's no power. So doctrine is not the end of it. You must now shift into a higher realm. It's a reckless realm. Hallelujah. But that's where Jesus operated. The realm that Jesus did, the things that he did, the realm from which he spoke, the realm from which he even knew why they asked him the question that they asked him. They come to ask him a question, then he seems to understand why they ask him. We don't give answers. Like if they ask you, have you eaten? Now you give an answer from the natural. You understand that? But if they ask you, what is God saying? You can't, look into the sky and give an answer. Hallelujah. So when they asked Jesus questions, he spoke from that realm. And that's why his speech could cut the hearts of people. When Stephen was speaking before he was stoned, the Bible said it cut them in their heart. He spoke from that realm. When a man acts from that realm, you are sure that God is with you. Hallelujah. It's that realm that Jesus spoke about when he said, ye shall receive power after that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses. Hallelujah. What is that witness? The testimony of God. In other words, the showing forth of his praise, the showing forth of his glory. That's what we become. That is a fourth man. You working with God is not really the you that you know. It's the you that you don't know. It's like bipolar. Do you understand that? And it enters. Supernatural ability is there. You begin to understand things that you did not understand before. Me, when I'm preaching to you, and I'm in that realm, I can even preach to you doctrine that I'm discovering on the pulpit. Now what I'm preaching, I've never seen it anywhere. I've never thought about it anywhere. I've never cross-checked it. But when I know I'm in that zone, when I say it, it will be true. I've said that and I'm afraid, right? And then I've gone and checked many times and it was accurate. Very, very, very accurate. Hallelujah. And that is the fourth man that the Lord wants us to. With that anointing, then the yoke can be broken. Hallelujah. Hell's influence 
can be destroyed because then the power of God will go forth. The Bible says that when the Lord shall have built up Zion, he shall appear in all his glory. He appears as the fourth man in the intermediate level of your mind. That's the realm of faith, the realm of power, the realm of strength, the realm of possibilities. You see yourself do things that no man can do. So we talk of gifts like gifts of healings. In order to operate in that gift, you must shift into the realm of faith that that healing is. If you are going to heal, it's according to the proportion of faith. You must shift into that proportion of faith. If you are not in that proportion of faith, no power will go forth. No power will go forth. And when you are praying for the sick, you must stay in that proportion of faith. Then that's when you see that, hey, evil is with you. Because you are trying to stay in a certain proportion of faith. You care too much about the people. You care too much about what they would think. What if no change happens? Then you know that you must come and overcome. Because then without overcoming those things, you cannot stay in that realm. I believe that is also the reason why at times, even when healings are done, it's not perfect because the vessel is not perfect. Or in that period, the power that needed to be released was not released because something shifted. It's not just the vessel. There's also the receiver. But that one, we'll talk about it at another time. But my point is that that realm of faith is the key. Hallelujah. That realm of faith is the key. That is where we do great things for God. That is where we fulfill our ministry. That is where what the Lord wants to do through us, he finds a friend in us to be able to do those things. Then you find that in those periods, the Lord is mighty in you. Hallelujah. The Lord can occupy you by this place, this realm that we are talking about. We shall be turned into another man. Look to your neighbor. Tell your neighbor, there's another version of you. You must discover that version and operate with it. Yeah. You must discover that version. If you discover that version, God can go out of you in a big way. That's the difference between a man that is doing something and a man that God is with. Said, for God was with him. For God was with him. Amen.